It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. G'day and welcome to the call to uh, 10 stocks, in fact, picked by you two experts one hour. It is Tuesday, the 7th of July. I'm Andrew Gagan. Great to have your company. Our guests for today, or should I say our experts, uh, Rudy Philippic van Dyke from FN Arena and Mark Morland from Team Invest. Guys, welcome. Big day. Reserve Bank decision. Oh, yeah. Oh, you forgot about that? <laughs> <laughs> a, uh, well, Mark, I mean, in the face of, you know, we know where interest rates are going at the moment. Um, yeah. Are you continuing to, to adjust your, uh, no. your portfolio? No. no, we don't adjust them based on rate increases. But we, our investment horizon is five years. So rates are going to move. I mean, we're obviously in a bit of an uptrend at the moment, but um, it's really non-event for us. So, I mean, if you're a trader and you're dealing with it, that's fair enough, but we're not. So, um, it's a yawn. Well, all right, a yawn. Rudy? The trend is set. I mean, uh, unless the, tra- the trend changes, I don't think it's that important. I mean, if they go by 65 today, it's, it's ooh, might be good for the journalists tomorrow, but yeah. for the share market itself, no, nah, not really. I mean, the trend is set. I mean, it's, it's very obvious. We are in, a, in, a, in an up cycle in terms of uh, interest rate hikes. Uh, the big question mark is, uh, what's inflation going to do? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and the honest answer is, we actually don't know. We have to find out. I mean, we can all make predictions, but uh, let's hope that uh, in a few months' time, inflation will be a lot lower. Yeah, all right. Well, for all I, of us. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the inflation is a much, much bigger issue than uh, immediacy of interest rates. Well, what about the prospect of potentially falling into recession? Uh, that, that same thing. I mean, yep. recessions, they're good, they're good cleansing uh, <laughs> tool. But really, what, what inflation will do, though, it'll, there'll be companies mm-hmm. that'll come through it and be able to tra- uh, pass the prices, increases on, and there'll be lots that won't. And I think there's a really, there's going to be a lot of hiccups in earnings if inflation keeps going up. So companies where we were expecting good results are going to have bad results because of management and how they deal with it. I think the transition period of companies getting used to working in a more inflationary environment and actually running their business in that is going to be very challenging because all of your CFOs at the moment, uh, virtually all of them, have never been through a, an inflationary period. They're all too young. Yep. Good Th- point. This all adds up to problems. Hmm. All right. Well, sorry, you were going to say. I agree. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's going to be interesting. Hey, we're off to a good start, really. <laughs> <laughs> so, see the oldies, right? If you've been there before, you know what oh to expect. Goodness. Do I have a beard? <laughs> All right, uh, the first half of the show, we're going to be taking a look at uh, TPG Telecom, Goodman Group, Steadfast, Shaver Shop and Aristocrat. Now, our stock of the day, we're taking a look at one of the top performers in this morning's session, Regis Resources, the Goldie. In fact, uh, recording total gold production from its uh, record gold production from its Dukedon and Tropicana projects in <coughs> WA for the June quarter. Full year production climbing 17%. To 437,000 ounces, which falls within its uh, previously set guidance there. Though it's all in sustained costs, are typically slightly above its cost guidance there, of up to $1,500 an ounce. Looking ahead, it says it's now well positioned for increased annual gold production into the new financial year. 
So uh, as I mentioned, their shares at one point, they're up around 11%, uh, pretty much in that range at the moment, in fact. So, Mark, we looked at gold stocks. In fact, Evolution, what was it, last week? Um, yeah. Where it plummeted and took a lot of the gold sector with it, yeah. given it had to readjust its uh, production forecast. So we'll first get your view then on Regis, but more broadly, the goldies. Uh, gold's not something Tim Invest gets, uh, gets involved in. So, I mean, I can, I can have opinions on it, but yep. it's not... We don't, we don't really invest in the sector. We don't generally invest in commodities because they're price takers. But gold has been uh, one of the er- few areas that have held up, if you like, through uh, all these drops. So, I mean, a lot of people were expecting gold prices to go up substantially, and they haven't, but at least they've maintained their value. So that, in this environment, that means they've outperformed significantly. Mm. It's hard to imagine gold... Uh, being under threat to go down much over the next few years with all the inflationary pressures and the rampant money printing and recessions and all those things all tend to, should be good for gold. (laughs) So I'm not predicting anything on prices, but um, investing in miners has always been a leverage bet on gold. Um, So, you know, if you you like gold prospects or if you're looking for somewhere to uh, find some safety, in inverted commas, then some gold miner is probably a good idea. Um, if that's what you what floats your boat, um, I'm, I've got Northern Star in my portfolio, which I've had for years, and I've done very well on that. Although they become a more, much more complex business now than they used to be. Uh, Regis, uh, talking about Regis, mm. I mean, looking at our filters, it, it, it's return on equity and return on capital are below our minimums. Other than that, it passes everything else, and so it's a negative really. Um, it doesn't pass. So gold miners can pass, by the way. Yep. Uh, we're agnostic from the point of view of analysis of what the company does. And in fact, when we looked at Northern Star originally about uh, probably 10 years ago, um, you looked at it and thought, what a great business. Steadily increasing earnings, linear, paying good dividends. This was not a gold miner. Because mm. gold miners didn't do that in those days. Mm. <laughs> Until you knew what it was, you'd say, what a great business. What do these guys do? They're a gold miner. But what, have you re- speaking of Northern Star, since it acquired yeah. Saracen and took control mm. of the super pit, what have you readjusted? Then not really, uh, but it doesn't. It's not a team invest company. I've still got my yeah. shares. Right. Mm. Okay. So I haven't sold them. All right. So if if you hold Regis, what no. would you do? With uh, it? I, I, I think I'll pass on the opinion. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Reedy really will know better than me. Yeah. Okay. Reedy. Starting with your last question, if you hold Regis, you're probably now still a little bit crying about the losses you've you've had by buying it before today. I think today's uh, share price response uh, to a large extent is explained if you take the share price graph over the last two years or so. Mm. I mean, it's going down. Um, I think the most important news that you had on your summary is uh, the increase in costs. Um, and that's what, that's what has dogged Oz Minerals, Evolution, yep. Dacian Gold, uh, Zimbabwe, you name it. And it's obviously going to dog the sector. So um, on the why I disagree with uh, with Mark is uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't be adding um, gold miners here, for the simple reason that you take on the company specific risk, and um, and we are an inflationary environment and people often uh, interpret that too simplistically in in the terms of like oh gold should benefit inflation, and that's not true. Gold is in in this bear market is the Stephen Bradbury of the financial assets. <laughs> when everything falls yeah. and gold holds up, gold wins. I mean, but it doesn't mean, I don't think the prospects of gold here are fantastic, yeah. but it holds up. Yeah. And, and there are circumstances when that's enough to win and to be happy about having exposure to gold. So um, 
The other thing is uh, I can add is uh, <coughs> I'm a big fan of, of sorting out the, the quality from the non-quality, and this is non-quality. Mm. Right. Um, I mean, you, you, with, with quality, you're more in, in, the, in the direction of an evolution mine or northern star. New Quest, yep. maybe. Uh, this is not quality. So, and, and non-surprisingly, um, costs are going up, and that will determine the sector. And the only way, why, the only reason why the share price goes up today is because it has already fallen so much. For other for other <coughs> companies, that may not be the case, and then the share price won't be responded as as far favorably as today. For well, I'll, I'll take that as a pass then as well, shall I? Uh, you know, you know the barge pole. Yeah. As as far as it reaches. All right. Circle around it. That's an avoid. <laughs> 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 All right, I get it. Okay, let's get into the stocks as picked by you. The first one being TPG Telecom. Greg Wanington about this, in fact, uh, since relisting uh, two years ago, that's after merging with Vodafone Hutchison, uh, the share price has tumbled some 33%. So, Rudy? Welcome to the bear market. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, okay. uh, we just spoke about gold hasn't fallen by 33%. Uh, I, wouldn't, I don't mind... TPG Telecom. Um, I think that this is, however, I think this is a typical case of people uh, getting stuck in the past. And once upon a time, the telecommunications sector locally was really in a booming time. And this was one of the favorite stocks from a lot of fund managers and a lot of investors. Um, uh, David Thiel is no longer around either. He also exited his, uh, mm. his timing quite well. Um, needless to say, I mean, this sector is not going through boom time at the moment. But in a context where the share price, uh, this share price is, is, is not, it doesn't seem um, excessive, excessively overvalued or anything. Given the type of the business it is, it does pay a dividend. It, it probably is on the recovery path. It's got, it's, it is in the process of selling its, its, some of the assets, making agreements with, uh, with Telstra, et cetera. I think you can, you can probably um, add this uh, to your portfolio if you don't already own it. Um, on the, with the caveat that this bear market, I believe, hasn't bottomed out yet. So there's still a chance that, that the share price might get cheaper, even though it is not looking very expensive here. But that's the risk you have to take on board. That's the consideration you have to take on board as an investor. Do I really need this TPG Telecom with a little bit of dividends in my portfolio right now or not? And you can see it hasn't really performed. But then again, it, um, I would, I would call this more of a sideways movement. Uh, and that's not too bad in the bear market. Okay? But this might, what we have to realize is that we don't know what's going, what's going to happen in August. A lot of companies will report that they have been unable to contain costs. We don't know what, what, what TPG is going to look like with, with costs, for example. So you have to take that into account. But if you, if you add everything up, this could be a, a stock that you can add to your portfolio here. Um, don't go aggressive. Nibble. Right. nibble. Yeah, nibble, because as you say, it could st still fall from here. All right, Mark? Um, yeah, well, TPG used to be a uh, wealth winner for Team Invest. Um, we were uh, very big fans of David Teo, your founder, CEO. Really, really did a great job of building that up from nothing to what he did. Uh, he had a few challenges. One was the, um, um, the loss of uh, being able to use the uh, Chinese uh, Huawei, as it was called. Remember? We've forgotten about that now. Yeah. And they, they had a real edge on the market with Telstra and so on. They were growing well. Anyway, ACCC and their wisdom blocked that. You know, in other words, so that Vodafone couldn't compete <laughs> anywhere nearly as well with uh, Optus and Telstra. Mm. I'd call it the anti-competition uh, group, actually. But anyway, 
then that was followed up by the block the attempted blocking of Vodafone, which was a synergistic uh, merger. And that happened after they went to court and all the rest of it. it. Bottom line was, all the advantages were lost in delayed time because of the legal actions by the government, by the regulator. So uh, David Teo had enough. Uh, quite rightly, he's bailed and gone to Singapore. We got out of it at that point. Mm. Yeah. So the, in fact. Uh, I, I actually got out when the Huawei part blocked, so even earlier, but we did really, really well on it uh, at the time. Now, looking at the results, their, their profit absolutely collapsed through um, COVID, which you, you have to question why. I don't actually know mm. why, maybe it really does, but uh, it's, it's fallen off a cliff. Mm. So the PE is now 99 times earnings on those depressed earnings. Now, the earnings will come back, obviously, but uh, the share price hasn't come down that much. So if you look at the high, the high in the last 12 months was um, 7 25 and it's now 604 and the low was 544 so it hasn't been caned anywhere near uh, what you would expect considering their earnings drop and also no. what's happened in the rest of the market so to me it's you know it's been pretty flat I, I wouldn't well I wouldn't buy it because I've sort of lost total, total confidence in the, in the, uh, the business so it's, an, it's a it's a sell for me if you had it because the price is already the price has held up quite well so I'd take it yeah I, I don't know from memory, but they did sell their fixed broadband business. That might have explained why the why the, why the, why the earnings went that low. Yeah. And they're now selling assets and making agreements with Tesla. So you, yeah, there's a reasonable assumption, I think, that, that, that they will grow over the next two years or so. Yeah. Hence why the share price holds up. All right. Diversity of opinion. We like it. Okay. Um, all right. Let's move on to Goodman Group. It is the commercial industrial property group. Uh, just in May, it said that it's expecting uh, financial year 22 operating earnings per uh, share to grow by 23%. Um, Scott asking, is it an accumulate or a buy for a long-term hold in a portfolio on this recent pullback or uh, worth uh, to potentially drop more and uh, obviously with the uh, rate rises, mm. uh, is, it, is it worth uh, averaging into the position over the next 12 months, starting with around 40% of total allocation? He's been pretty specific there, yeah. Mark. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Um, obviously, we can't give him personal advice. Yeah. He's getting a bit granular. But yeah. I hope uh, that's not 40% of the portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> that would be going all in, yeah. I would have thought. Yeah. Rudy said put it all in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Goodman's a uh, absolute quality company. Um, and uh, we have actually done quite a lot of work on it recently. It does pass all of our filters. Um, we, we, we've done two full analysis groups on it. One failed it and one passed it. <laughs> and the reason is difference of opinions based on different perspe perspectives. The reason the group that failed it was largely to do with how opaque the, um, the uh, costs are, sorry, the earnings are, because a significant part of the earnings is based on property revaluations. Re and this is typical in the, uh, in the REITs and so on as well. So if you look at their rental income, I think it's about 120 million. And then you look at other income, Oh, and then investment income, I think, was $10 billion, and then $10 million, and then other was $1.3 billion or something. Now, other includes revaluations and probably other things as well, but it's very difficult to really understand that. Now, the risk of it is if the property values go down, and now they're in a good place in that a large part of their portfolio is providing uh, logistics centres for Amazon and companies mm. like that, which is a growth area, quality tenants, very high occupancy. All that's all great, but a significant part of the profit is these revaluations. So the trouble is, if property values come down and interest rates keep going up, who knows? If they do, that uh, that which, which has been a very nice mechanism goes into reverse. You know, so you then start having big losses. Now I'm not suggesting that's going to happen, but that was 
discomforting for some members. Mm. The other group didn't think there was much risk of that and passed it. So there you go. So I'd say, yes, I think it's a, it's also, the other interesting thing from our point of view is it's on the very bottom of its PE range, currently at 11.4. And the PE range uh, goes up for Goodman, ranges from about 11 to 25. So it's at the very, very bottom of its range. So if you are going to invest in a company, when you get an opportunity, when it's right at the bottom of its trading range, that's usually very good. Mm. So we call that, that's in the green. Uh, could the price go lower? Who knows? I, I wouldn't have a clue about that. But from a return point of view, if the status quo continues and Goodman keep performing the way they have, we're, re- we're predicting a return of over 20% a year at the current price, which is very good. Yep. Margin of safety number is a lot lower, uh, yeah, about, at about four. But it'll be somewhere in between those two probably. So, so are you buying? No, I'm not because... Uh, well, I this is an answer to Scott's question of whether you do buy, accumulate, maybe. Well, I'm, what I'm saying is, I'm saying uh, it's a good, great, it's a great company. Yeah. Uh, significant half our members thought it's a buy now, and the other half no. But that's personal. Personal. What they're voting on, they're not like a broker. They're not saying we're putting a buy or sell on it. Yeah, they're no. saying, do I want to have it in my portfolio? Now, for me, no. No. But that's but that, that's not a problem. No, no, it's not a reflection on government. Yeah. It's just that that, that area is not something that turns me on. It's not my area of expertise. I know. Because it's it, it's what make it the market. Mm. Um, it's one of my largest portfolio holdings, so that's there you go. The not forty percent though. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Uh, picking up on uh, on what Mark, I'm just going to add a few things that Mark has has left out. Um, yes, uh, the most the, the owning Goodman Group here is essentially a, a a call that interest rates will not continue rising. Mm-hmm. That's the long and the short of it. Um, I think that's a reasonable uh, assumption to make. I think central bankers next year will be in, in cutting mode again. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, all the dynamics for, for, for Goodman Group uh, are changing again. This is probably the highest quality read we have on the stock exchange. Yeah. Uh, management and company learned a lot from the GFC and became a much better company because they almost went bankrupt in the GFC. Um, I'm less worried than Mark, than Mark on the, the, the portfolio revaluations. What is more important for Goodman Group is the fact that we remain in a, 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 a general context where it's very difficult to get a reasonable return on investments and that therefore international money keeps uh, seeking the likes of, of, of Goodman and Charter Hall, which are major fund and asset managers in Australia. The, G- the <coughs> bear market has been very unkind to both. Uh, I mean, the share price, is, is, I think, was almost $28 or so. It's 18 now, so that's a lot. Mm. Yes, it can go cheaper. Bond yields will determine that. Uh, at some stage, the growth will slow down, but the, I think they will, they will continue growing because they, they are carried by, by a mega trend. Uh, we are going to purchase more online, and we will have more um, buildings that need to... Uh, have inventory for that, and that's basically their expertise. They're number one on one, but two in the world. Um, I own them, so I'm not going to buy any more. Um, again, if you want to own them, and, and yes, you can, you can, you can own them for the longer term on the assumption that I mean, yeah. we will get inflation on, under under control. Um, I would, I would, I would proceed cautiously. It, but it's a, it's a solid a, hold. Yes, yes, definitely. Because yeah, okay. I'm not selling. No, no okay. Yeah, right. uh, you're remaining steadfast, which takes us to that next stock. Uh, Frank wanting to know about uh, Australasia's largest general insurance broker network. Uh, it's certainly been growing via acquisition at this point. Um, we know how busy insurers are, particularly of late. 
And in fact, we're going to get to an insurer a bit later in the show. Um, but as far as the broker network is concerned, steadfast, Rudy. I, I this year added to my, my select list of all weather stocks in the Australian, in the Australian share market. And um, the reason for it's basically that old adage that you, you don't buy a gold miner, you buy the pick and shuffle uh, producers because the gold miners, irrespective of their profits, they, they need to buy picks and shovels. Mm. Um, I'm never a fan of, of buying insurance companies. I mean, they are a little bit in favour now because of rising bond yields. They'll be out of favour next year when, when the bond yields come down again. And, as anyone looked outside again, we have floods and, and rain again. Yep. Um, but people will continue buying uh, insurance policies. And that's where those, those brokers come in. And they, all else being equal, should have a very steady, solid, defensive business. The only disadvantage of the ones we have on the stock exchange, and this is a small cap stock, and this is the largest we have, and we have, we have three or four listed on, on the ASX. They, they need to acquire on a regular basis, because obviously they want to they grow in size, but small cap stocks have a, have a, have a higher risk profile than, than your larger cap. That's just the, 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 the long and the short of it. Some of the peers of Steadfast in the United States, for example, are much larger of size, and therefore much more solid and, and defensive, and, and, and recession-proof, um, but nevertheless, I think uh, this is a stock that you can add to your portfolio and and and, and hold for for, for uh, hold through the through the recession that that may or may not be upcoming for next yep. year. All right. Okay, Mark. Um, yeah, I, th I think in principle I agree with with, with Rudy. Um, they haven't performed well of late. Yeah, you know, financials. Um, they had a bad COVID, which not, I don't. Not quite sure when COVID happened. What happened with that? No, I have no idea. See, they they should be. I agree with Rudy. It's a mm. it's a defensive business. Um, people are paying their premiums. They're not carrying any risk. They're ticket clippers. Why would their earnings collapse? Now maybe it was a couple of big acquisitions. Exactly. Like you, know, you never know what happened. And I don't follow yeah. it in detail, so that's no. why I don't know the detail on that. But yeah. look, I agree with the sentiment of the whole thing. Uh, mm. I'd, I'd want to dig into understanding a bit what happened mm. in uh, 2020, uh, why the earnings fell off a cliff. Um, and yeah, sure. Other, other than that, I agree with Rudy. It's a, it's a good defensive business. It should be, should be stable and reliable. Uh, so you're... I, I, I can't say it's a buy because I don't, no. I don't so understand it enough at the moment. Neutral. Yeah, so I'm a neutral again. It's a positive neutral. <laughs> positive neutral. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like a fence sitter to me. All right, <coughs> let's move right along then. Shaver Shop. Kaylee wanted to know about this. And is this, um, is it discretionary or non-discretionary? I guess you can look at it both ways, couldn't you? Uh, I think shaving... Isn't discretionary? Well, but then, yes, I mean, it's it not is. just about shaving. It is, it is discretionary. It is, it is. It is technically well, you choose right. whether you choose or not to shave. Exactly. Yeah, okay. but it's not yeah, just... I suppose it's, it's, the famous, it's obviously it's not just shaving. It's the famous it? Gillette dilemma. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. for many, many years, Gillette will increase their prices year after year yeah. and thought, like, hmm, we're on a winner here, and then got bought by private, private equity who paid, like, over the top for it and thought, yeah. like, they're going to increase prices until the moon, yeah? Yep. And then all of a sudden, society decides, you know what? A beer is not a bad idea. Yeah. And profits collapse. And they can't increase their prices every year. And that's why it's discretionary. I mean, at all some right. stage, yeah. we, all decide, we all decide to have a moustache, long hair, but and I a don't beard. Know, if, you, if, you, if you walked into the shop, it's not just about shave, is it? I know, it's I know. It's, more, it's, it's grooming in a, in yeah, a yes. Yeah, and it's, a, to be honest, it's quite expensive. Yeah. I mean, my experience is quite expensive. I had a quick look this morning and I, I could... The share price is back where it was at the time of the IPO, mm. which is many, many years ago. Um, it has had a really tough time. 
and that you can you can tell that by by just looking at the share price. Um, for some reason, it's it has done quite well coming out of COVID. My big problem I have with Shaver Shop is, as I said, the few times I've walked into one of the shops, um, there were not too many customers in there, and I thought I thought the prices were quite on the pricey end. Mm. And, and, and we are all getting worried in the share market about consumer mm. households spending. And um, I would argue, I mean, again, if, if, I, if, if, if I don't have to replace my toothbrush, I probably won't. If I can buy a cheaper toothbrush somewhere, I'll, I'll go to Colts. Yep. Right? Um, so I would, I would argue it is discretionary, and given where the share price is, I would be a little bit more cautious here. So you would... Uh, not the barge ball again. Yeah. White circle around it. Okay, all right. And Mark, I guess, well, to pick up on, on Rudy's uh, chain of thinking there, I guess if, no, we're, no. if we're all heading back to the office, then perhaps we need to be more well-groomed and therefore... <laughs> well, are we heading back to the office? So we got yeah, all these right. assumptions on assumptions. Even, even, yeah. the, even the discretionary argument, whilst that's true, and if we have, it's not so much, well, if we have more inflation, but we have, don't have wage increases, there's got to be some effect on consumer um, spending. It does. Yeah. Having said that, Shaver Shop is very cheap. And the reason I say it's oh, cheap. Oh, you say cheap? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, it's actually, it's only got five years' history. Bear in mind, it's a small market cap, a small market cap of about 126 million. So I'm not sure what the liquidity is like, but. Um, it passes all of our filters, got very good stability of earnings and uh, sales growth. The EPS growth rates have averaged 18% over the last six years. They had a bit of a flat period between 2017 and 2019, and then it picked up very strongly and then sort of fairly flat through the trailing end of COVID, which is understandable. That's actually what that is doing. Mm. The price there is actually reflecting their, um, their earnings growth, mm. which is not always common. No. <laughs> so that's good. It's on a PE of 7.8, uh, but bear in mind, um, Shaver Shop has always had low PE. So the mm. Shaver Shop PE range has been, because uh, we have looked at this in the past, not lately, yeah. Uh, 10 is the high mm. and 7.4 uh, mm. is the low. Mm. So quite a tight range. That's, that, 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 that's a good thing mm. because it's not particularly volatile. Um, and because the earnings, are, the earnings growth uh, is good, it's actually quite profitable. So we're showing it returning between 16% on a margin of safety at a terminal PE of, uh, what's that, terminal PE of uh, 7.49. So we're not assuming any PE expansion. And the other plus here is because their PE is very low, there's not a lot of, you shouldn't, as long as the business stays profitable, there shouldn't be much downside on the PE. Mm. You know, so it's already back to what we'd call a mean reversion PE mm. from pre-free money days. Yeah. So I, I put all that on the positive side. Small market cap makes it a bit more uh, risky on from a liquidity point of view. But other than that, it all looks good. So I'll say it's a buy. All right. Good one. Okay. To make of the market. Exactly, yeah. yeah. All right, on to Aristocrat. Uh, Jay Cornington about this, in fact, uh, since the beginning of this year, uh, the gaming tech company has uh, lost about a quarter of its value and its shares, although the company saying that demand for its game machines and digital games will be resilient to the economic cycles. So, Mark, um, do you agree? That's, that's probably true. Yeah. Uh, gambling never seems to go out of favour, does it? Was it gambling and prostitution? Are they the two biggest? So they say. <laughs> anyway, so they say. Anyway. <laughs> Um, we have looked at it in the past. It's it's um, it's never got up a team invest, and I'd say not nothing to do with their um, fundamental uh, financials. It's always been about what they do. Uh, now we all draw our own lines on what we want to invest in, so we're not moralistic about it. 
Um, but because I, I wouldn't buy it personally because they build poker machines and I think poker machines are a blight on society. So I wouldn't want to be investing in something that is bad for society. Well, there you go. You've got your own ESG filter then. Yeah, that's it. But that's yeah. about it. That's about as far as it goes. Okay. I'd be happy to invest in nuclear if there was a good option. Right. <laughs> so, and I like coal. Yeah. Within reason. Okay. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Everyone draws a line. So I'd say that's the reason it has never got up in Team Invest because we, we mm. vote on everything. And a lot of members uh, really weren't interested in it. Having said that, its financials and everything are, uh, are pretty good and it's performed well for quite a long time. So it, it, it keeps reappearing on our uh, filters. Per current PE is about 19 and a half, which is close to the bottom quartile. So it's down the, and that's to do with the price coming off lately. And I'd say that's really because of the, the market. They dropped a bit in, two, their earnings dropped a bit in 2001. You know, so a COVID impact, but they're now turning back up again. I think it's quite a good business. The, the debt's a bit high. It's got 90% debt to, debt to equity, which is uh, at the high end. Yeah, for us, we like we prefer nothing over 70. Acquisition. Yeah, I know. Still debt. Yeah, no, no, that's <laughs> so, true. Yeah. That's so, true. Uh, look, uh, I'd, I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a pretty good business. Is that a buy? Uh, a hold, maybe. Well, it could be a buy. It could be a buy? Yeah, if you like, if you like the business. Okay, all right. The numbers are good. You know, you know what that means, huh? It's going to be sent to the investment committee. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's passing, passing the filters. Are you going to say it's in? Yes, it's in. Of course. Yeah. Um, I think Mark, Mark touched upon a very important thing, and that's, that's, that's ESG investing. You know, and people make, have been making a big song and dance about it. You can't possibly own aristocrats, but then they happily own shares in koala killer land lease. Right? A Woolworths. Oh, exactly. What was the biggest oh, exactly. I mean, exactly. Yeah. So it is a bit, let's call it the grey zone at the very least. I mean, yeah. uh, where I disagree with Mark is this is not a relatively good business. This is one of the prime growth businesses we have on the stock exchange. Yep. And this is one of the reasons why I own it. I mean, am I in favour of poker machines? No, not really. I never play it. Um, but I, I'm not getting bogged down into um, getting, I mean, I, don't, I, won't, I won't buy, I won't buy guns and U-boats, but um, one of the prime, and, and by the way, they're, they're becoming increasingly uh, an online gaming company, yeah. which, is, which is away from, which is steering away from the, the poker machines anyway. Anyway, these guys are doing you, such You a, can still lose money. These, exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And these guys, they, they uh, are the number one best class one in what they do, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, sure. out, outnumbering the competition, outspending the competition in terms of investing. Yeah. And, uh, and I think the, the market has been extremely uh, harsh on them since their acquisition in the UK didn't go through and they were left with a bag of cash basically. And you see it in the share price. I mean the share price has come down a mm. lot and I would have never guessed it would have come down that much. So from that reason I think I think it's it's looking extremely attractive here. Can it go uh, cheaper? Yes, because it's a bear market. You never know. I mean and I would have not guessed a few months ago that, would, that the share price would be that extreme. Yeah. But uh, I would I would I would send this to the investment committee and they can they can decide on their own ESG filters. All right, that is a buy then from you. Uh, okay, let's uh, summarise where we've been with, uh, we began with our stock of the day. That was Regis Resources, the goalie there. Uh, Mark, a, well, I mean, for Team Invest, they don't hold gold miners, but it's a pass. And for Rudy, an avoid there. They're actually preferring, um, both mentioned Northern Star, Rudy, Newcrest, even Evolution, and that's uh, tumbled as we know. Um, TPG Telecom. An ad from Rudy, a sell from Mark. So there's a diversity of opinion right there. Goodman Group, no from Mark. Oh, uh, no, no, nice, yes. 
Did you? Yeah, yeah. I said I, I said I don't own it. That doesn't mean it's past our process. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, it's, it's a it's yes it's, then. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks for correcting me. And Rudy, it's a hold. <laughs> um, steadfast. An ad from Rudy. Um, Mark's neutral, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay, all right. Positively and, neutral. Um, shave a shop, avoid from Rudy, a buy from Mark, once again, a bit of a difference there, and uh, Aristocrat, a buy from both. So, yeah, that could be heading to the investment committee. Let's uh, Speaking of which, of course, we are uh, tracking our own high conviction fund picked by the investment committee. The next episode is out this afternoon, so watch for that. Uh, let's check how it stands at this point, though uh, West Farmers, Elders and Resmed they were added last month, shifting the original allocations. And we'll update tomorrow on the portfolio's performance thus far. So keep sending in requests. Keep the call switched on to see which stocks our committee will pick next. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while. And although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools. Plus, our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. All right, uh, second half of the show, AMP, Technology One, Air New Zealand, QBE, and the ETF's physical gold, well, the ETF, physical gold, which is gold, G-O-L-D. All right, let's uh, begin with AMP. Samantha, Samantha wanted to know about this. It is that financial services company, of course. Uh, goodness gracious, uh, how the mighty have fallen over the past few years, particularly since the Banking Royal Commission uh, about four years ago. Mark? Uh, AMP, AMP's woes started way before that. Yes. Uh, I, no, I, you're I, taking away my sentence here. But okay, <laughs> okay. I, I, don't, I, I can't remember where it actually started, but it was back in. It was when they demutualised. It's when. Well, it's when Natural Australia Bank tried to buy it for twenty-three dollars. I believe was in nineteen ninety-nine. That's okay. when that was after that, after that, it's only when Ben downhill. It's been only downhill. Now, we used to use this as an example company 14 years ago when we started Team Invest as a dog. And we, we put AMP up against QBE because in those days, QBE was really good and AMP was so obviously a disaster. Like you, like you have, your, have your head read to buy it at any price. And it, all it's done since then has got worse and worse and worse. And then management changes, strategy changes. It's, a, it's a, been a disaster. They had... Janice had Henderson in the UK, yeah. uh, which it turned a good business into a dog. And then once they sold it, it suddenly started doing well. It's like the kiss of death mm. from AMP. Mm. So I, I put it down as probably the, one of the worst companies on the ASX, and I mm. wouldn't touch it. Still? Absolutely. Because if you bought it now on the basis, oh, it's really cheap, uh, and it's going to turn around, that scenario has failed for 20 years. So is it now going to suddenly change? Why would it change? With new management? No? There's been lots of new management yeah. over the 20 years. All no right. one's ever been able to fix it, so no. I wouldn't go near it. I mean, by the way, betting on new management you don't even know mm. that they're going to turn something around is just a crapshoot. I mean, you just throw darts at it. It's also, don't forget, they, they are selling the jewels now, which means mm. you know what they're left with, mm. right? the low quality. Mm. Uh, trend is your friend. Trend is down. Stay away. Yep. The least words we spend on this one, the better. The, other, the, the, one, the one comment I can make is, I mean, given, ev given pretty much every share price in this market is lower than where it was six, seven, eight months, nine months mm -hmm. ago, why would you go for low quality? Yep. You yep. can buy high quality stocks that are being sold down for lesser reasons. 
That is an avoid from both then. I think that's pretty clear. <laughs> All right, <laughs> moving right along. Let's see. I think this might be a little more positive. Technology one. Uh, Hannah, wanting to know about this one. It is the enterprise software company has developed a fully integrated SaaS uh, solution of its software. Rudy. Well, see, now we're going to extremes. Mm. <laughs> now we're going to the extreme on the opposite end. If you are a long-term oriented investor, I would reverse the question. Why would you not own Technology One in your portfolio? This is one of the most consistent uh, operators in the share market we have. Admittedly added or helped by the fact that it's, it's in the end of the day, it's still a relatively uh, small cap company. But it is one of the, the, the highest quality solid performance we have in that technology space. Um, I, I, would, I would regard this one as uh, recession proof. Um, the, only, the only thing I could add here is that you may uh, want to, <clears throat> just as your step-in level, if you don't already own it, I own it. I'm pretty certain Mark yeah. already owns it. And we own it for a very long time and we've, we've been doing really well. The only thing I could say here is I would, I would here at this level, I would say it's a hold. And, and from the moment it goes below $10, uh, I would say uh, grab some cash from somewhere and just put it in your portfolio and just own it for for the next five years. And it'll, it, I mean, the only thing that changes is the share price. Mm. The fundamentals underneath this. I mean, the, the key element of technology one is the churn rate in customers is less than 1% consistently year in, year out. Less than 1%. Yeah? There's not too many companies on the stock exchange that can boast that number. Interesting you say it's recession proof. I, d I didn't think that mattered for you. Well, it, it matters a lot if, if you think there might be a recession coming around the corner. <laughs> uh, Mark? Uh, oh, well, really, really sum that up quite well. Uh, I've been a shareholder for 11 years and I bought in at uh, 96 cents. That's why he's riding a Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I'll tell you what's interesting is if you look at, we use ShareSite. So if you look at ShareSite, which is great because it gives you a your total compound return assuming dividends reinvested which often the difference between the cumulative value of reinvested dividends versus just monitoring the share price is dramatically different so it gives you a much better idea of um how I mean, profitable a particular are you now going to put something like 1100 percent or something out of well I, I was, yes yes <laughs> so, so so the return on that to now i did it recently yeah. is 102 percent per year average yeah. on that original yeah. last so, so I, I, that's effectively doubled my money every year for the last 11 years and i've added over time. Rudy's absolutely correct. This is, I would argue, the best company on the ASX. It's not a small cap though, it's about three billion market cap now. Yeah, but that's just it's not big, but it's not a small cap. What's, what's the definition of a small cap? Uh, outside, outside of the ASX 100? Mid cap? Really? Not 200? Beyond no, you have yeah. really small cap stocks in the 200. Okay. Are you sure they're not in the 100 now? No. Okay, right. So anyway, uh, Rudy's right. This, this, they have a brilliant business model with, with very strong moats. And what they have is a trapdoor moat, meaning that once you're in, you can't get out. So an example, they've got, uh, they're the largest provider of uh, enterprise management software for councils. And the councils, once they're in, the whole staff in the whole council are all working on this integrated system. You cannot change that. I mean, well, the opportunity cost is like, yeah. it would take you a year or two, cost a fortune, and everything would go to SHIT. Yeah, so because of that, local that's government why, as Rudy said, they lose 1% a year. They basically went for a period of eight years without losing a single contract. Hmm. You know, so, and they have inflation-adjusted pricing. Uh, it's a SaaS model now, and they're growing really well in the UK. 
And in the UK now, they set up the hardware, they didn't buy a company, they actually hung up a shingle, sent some Aussies over there to bang on doors. Mm. And they now have, I think, 19 councils in Greater London. Mm. They've also got a education, like a uni, which is what they do in Australia, and a large government department. So they've absolutely mirrored the business in Australia, mm. in the UK, and that is now profitable. So going forward, earnings from overseas, international business are going to augment our the results already. Fantastic business. I agree with Rudy, it's a hold. It's on a 45p at the moment, which is too much. And I'd be, I would have been really pleased if it had dropped down to, say, 25. <laughs> I'll like it to happen. Yeah. I'm anyway, a buyer under nine. Anyway, I think for the few, nine, nine, nine dollars. Yeah. yeah. I, th I think for the viewers as well. But when Mark mentions PE, he looks backwards. Yeah. Right? So Trailing. I, I look forward. That's why every time Mark mentions PE, I go, like, that's a little bit low, because I always look forward. But anyway, just, just, ex just explain Good point. for the viewers. Yep. I look forward. Oh, is that it? Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. So both holding technology one. All right. Um, uh, something completely different. Air New Zealand. Andy wanting to know this uh, has recently confirmed it expects to make a net loss of uh, 750 million uh, this financial year, better than the previous forecast, 800 million. Uh, but uh, shares are down around uh, 60%. Um, and of course, uh, affected by those New Zealand lockdowns. But, uh, well, that's passed. But then you've got. Uh, obviously, the rising cost of living, that's going to affect uh, demand for travel. Plus, you've got those rising jet mm. fuel prices. I guess it depends on its hedging strategy at this point. So, Mark, would you want to be in an airline at this point? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not an airline investor anyway. I mean, Buffett, it's quite funny actually, because Buffett, uh, has, he's lost fortunes on airlines. And uh, he, 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 years ago, he used to joke that... Um, uh, whenever he got the desire to buy an airline, because they're sexy things. It's like Branson said. Branson said, how do, you become a, how do you become a millionaire, be a billionaire and buy an airline? <laughs> now, and this is typical, by the way, because the airline industry globally has lost more money for mm. shareholders than it's ever generated. And I think, it, lately, I think it's even in the last couple mm. of years it has. Would be. So it's, it's, it's lost trillions of dollars. It's like it's a losing bet. Mm. So really what you're trying to do is you've got a long-term downtrend, if you like, let's call it that, in the industry, and you're trying to buy to catch the little ups before it goes back down again, rather than investing in a business where, or an industry or yeah. sector where you have a tailwind and where it's growing. So at least, you know, the odds are more in your favour, which is what we've had in the, um, uh, so yeah. cut a long story short. Um, Buffett said he, he used to, um, he subscribed to like a lifeline service. Whenever he got the urge to buy an airline, he'd ring up and they'd talk him down. He said it was very expensive, <laughs> but it was cheap. But then, Mark, correct me, didn't Buffett go into airlines in 2020? He did. And, and then and he lost he put, money on I think again. he put roughly $10 billion in yeah. four airlines. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. And then what happened? <laughs> now, why did he do it at the time? We haven't got time to go into it. But basically, they, their economics were really good at that time. Cheap PEs, no debt, yeah. unions under control, good moats with slots. Anyway, uh, he, put 10, he put $40 billion in, and then we had COVID. Mm -hmm. And then he bailed, which was very un-Buffett-like, because he doesn't trade, uh, on the whole lot and wrote off probably $20 billion or something. Yeah. It was very significant. And I found out when I was over there this trip, we were talking about it with uh, one of his CEOs, mm. his companies. You know why? This, was, this is an insight for you. He was worried that uh, because he was the major shareholder on all mm. these airlines, mm. he would have been on the book to bail them out. Mm. So he was worried yeah. from a political point yeah. of view. Mm. He didn't want to take the exposure. So he said, yeah. I'm out of here. I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll call mm. it another airline mistake yeah. Yeah. and bail. See if he goes back yeah. there again he sometime soon. He won't. I don't think so. He's, he won't be around long enough it's to do a that. Harsh I, I, think, I think to Mark Walls. Um, so that's an avoid. Oh, it's, and, and by the way, the, the numbers are shocking. Yeah. Yes, well, it's, it's a turnaround story. I, yes. I think to Mark uh, Tale of Walls, the, the accountancy doesn't stack up. Yeah? Like they, they, buy, they buy airplanes yeah. and then write them off at the, on the price they paid for 
and never take into books the fact that they will have to spend more money on the future airlines and plus maintenance also. It's, 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 it's a bit cooking the books in a legal way, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hardly profitable, and again, what I said earlier with AMP, you, you have the choice out of so many quality companies. Why do, why do you go through the wobble and try to, try to find a cigarette, cigar butt and have one more <laughs> puff out of it? <laughs> why would you do that? Okay, well that, that is, is an avoid. It makes you wonder though, because there was another, isn't it Bonzer Airline is due to start or something recently, um, locally? It's, Good luck. Yeah, exactly. You've got to wonder. So many failed attempts in Australia. Well, it's, it's like newspapers. People with money, they always get attracted yeah. to it because uh, it, it, has, it has a really sexy image. I own yeah. my own newspaper. Wow, you're important. <laughs> I, mean, I own my own airline. Oh, I'm even more important. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it worked out for Rupert, but I don't know. Did he ever get into airlines? Yes, he did. Yeah. Answer. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> that didn't work out very well. Well, well. Oh, well, as you say, you start off as a billionaire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can tell you some more ways, but we haven't got time. We could do a whole show on it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, now let's move along to QB. Interesting because, Mark, you're actually making the comparison with AMP here. So, um, yeah, the insurance group, Chloe, wondering about this uh, embarking on a cost reduction plan, exposure to those rising rates, premiums are increasing. Uh, well, Mark, let's, let's start with you then. Okay, it was good up until the GFC. And in the GFC, we're going back to now... Um, oh, uh, 15 years. Yeah, 15 years ago. 16 years, yeah. Uh, it was great up until then. Yeah. They, they lost their shirts on their equity portfolio and they changed their strategy, I believe, at that time to not invest in equities. Now, Buffett makes all his money out of using the float because mm. he's a really good investor. Exactly. Most, a lot of other insurance companies yeah. buy afterpay, for instance, yeah. which look good for a while, and then they lose the capital. Mm. And they got smashed. So they wiped out a lot of their reserves and the money that was actually a, a contingent liability for claims and they float. So they then said they'd only keep money in cash or treasuries. So they took that out and ever since then they've been a non-performer. I, I can't just be that but and there's been management changes as well but it's never come up on our radar and it's all reds everywhere. We're showing a negative 9% per year return if they continue doing what they've been doing which, by the way, is our basic premise with all companies. They're more mm. likely to continue what they've been doing mm. unless there's a good reason to yeah. show why they won't or why it would change. You know, I've learned one thing over the years. When someone asks you, what's the share price of QBE? You say, oh, a little bit over 10 bucks, and you're probably correct. Because mm. it's just it's, it's, it's been there for ages. Right. right. Like, you go through history, it sort of fluctuates between 9 and $14, $15. In the very good times, which obviously not now, it can oh. get that high, and in the very bad times, it goes to nine dollars. We got ten years flat with a slight down. Yeah, exactly. That's why I said. So over over a decade, mm. if you say like, ah, around ten dollars, you're probably correct. Um, the reason why people put uh, insurers in their portfolio this year, or a little bit earlier, is because of the the, the changing environment, bond deals, and 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 the rising in, rising interest rates. As I said earlier, that that dynamic is not going to stay in place forever and ever. So. It's a temporary thing when they're popular. The other thing is, um, I happen to live in New South Wales. Um, without an umbrella or swimming trousers, I'm not getting anywhere. Right? I need a boat on every day. It's, and so that basically means more claims, not necessarily for them because they're more an international uh, player, but well, never, I guess nevertheless, it's going to impact exactly. natural disasters. It becomes yeah. increasingly difficult for the, for the insurance industry to appropriately price risk if once in a lifetime events start happening every two years or so mm. right? and that's probably the problem of, of that industry um, plus the fact that um, technology is coming and 
the industry will <coughs> become increasingly transparent, and we're not going to overpay for our, uh, for our uh, insurance on one end without knowing there's a cheaper alternative elsewhere. So the price pressure at some point, well, and that's where the likes of Steadfast actually changed. That, that's we where, won't the, go there. Yeah, that's yeah. where the likes of Steadfast come in. They yeah. make the market more transparent. Yeah. yeah? So um, I'm not a big fan of insurance companies um, for, the, for the bigger trend, no. but I can see why people have it in the short term. They will pay their dividends, they'll probably have a good result in, in, in August, yeah. um, but dynamics are temporary, I would argue. And, and again, the reason why they did very well pre-GFC is because they were on an acquisition spree and they would, like I remember those days, they would almost announce a new acquisition every week. Yeah, and you remember who, who, who was the CEO at the time? The, um, he fell out of favour and yeah, it looked a bit harsh at the time. They booted him. Yeah. And it looked like, well, that was a bit harsh. No, but, but yeah. I, I asked uh, one of Buffett's CEOs again, because we have these meeting every year yeah. with the CEOs from their, uh, their biggest insurance group. Yeah. And they do a lot of, uh, they, they do underwriting for QB and a lot yes, of these other people, yes. so reinsurance. Mm. And I said to them, why? Yeah, what, what, what's happened to what, what do you know about QB? Oh, well, it, it, they weren't going to say anything specific. He said, they made some very, very perplexing acquisitions. Yes. He said, what that means, that's code for they're off their brains. Right. Well, how much they paid for Well, they had to write them down over the But that's the what, that started years. all yeah. the woes. Yeah. I, forgot that, I forgot about that until you reminded yeah. me. Yep. Yeah. Um, so it's a no from you as well. If you actually own it then, you're saying, um, why bother? You should sell it and get some... Oh, no, some you, you can, for the moment, you can, you can own it because they will pay a nice dividend okay, in August so and they probably will do well now. into year-end and all of that. Because yeah. I think the share price has held up quite well this year it so has. far. Yes, yeah. so, so it fits but, that defensive category, but I'd yeah. sell it when the price gets to $11 because yeah. that's about the high. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, let's uh, round it up. We're, we're back to gold, where we started, in fact. Uh, this time, though, the ETF, Physical Gold, G-O-L-D. Jesse asking Rudy for your opinion <coughs> on it, saying you've talked about it a fair bit, so wondering whether you're still buying, given gold stocks. Well, that's the gold stocks have come yeah, off. I know, and that's a very good uh, reason of putting it, because I was about to say details matter. Yeah. When I say add gold, I, I, didn't, I didn't say add gold stocks. Yep. I said add gold. And, and, there was a, and there was a big difference. Yep. And, and in very simplistic terms, um, you only take on the risk of the bullion if you own gold. When you own gold stocks, you have company-specific risk, yeah. which, mm. which includes I mean, cost overruns, missing production guidance, floodings in your mine. You may, I mean, uh, there's a few gold mines that over the, over the past two decades have gone bankrupt because they had one mine and something went wrong with the mine, and then you have no business anymore. Right? Yep. Um, these things happen. Um, one in Queensland, the name just escapes me. But um, So the reason why I, I'm not a gold bull as such, so, like I don't expect gold to, to start rallying from here. Um, the dynamic with inflation and US bond yields uh, is, is keep, keeping a lid on gold this year. But as I said earlier, it's not a bad idea to have a little bit of insurance in your portfolio. And, and as, as, we, as Mark and I agreed earlier, we do not want inflation to stick around forever at the current levels. But let's just assume that inflation sticks around for longer than we would like. That's a good, good way to have gold in your portfolio. Right? So I, I have a little bit of gold in my portfolio, but I just do it through an ETF. Or I mean, I might have a few bullion yeah. on my mattress. Yeah. Um, nobody knows where I live anyway. Well. Uh, <laughs> or as my fiance well, says, you, 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 you can easily wear it, yeah? and she does. Uh, but yes, yeah, so there's various ways of owning a little bit of gold. I, I, I think, I, I'm not quite sure, but I think I have this particular ETF, but it actually doesn't matter, you know what I mean? Whether you do it currency adjusted, in the end of the day, it does become currency adjusted by default anyway. Um, I don't have too much. What I do is I, I, would, I would 
switch the allocation when I think coal is going to really rally a lot. I don't think that's the case at the moment. But in 2020, for example, I had a lot in gold. Mm. Well, a lot, 11% or so, which is a lot in a portfolio. Because I, at the, at the time, thought like gold is going to do really, really well because everything else is, is falling out of falling off the cliff, basically. So you're not buying at the moment, but what, fair to say, you're accumulating... I, well, have, when... I have a little bit of insurance in the portfolio. Yeah. And I would, <clears throat> if people are worried out there about inflation, I would, I, would, I would argue, just put a little bit of insurance in your portfolio. And if it happens out that in 12 months' time it hasn't performed, well, that probably means that your portfolio has performed, so that's really, really good. Yep. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Christian, what's their fee structure on that? How much? What's the spread? You buy, sell spread? Oh, I don't know. Because I, mean, I, <clears throat> I had a look at their uh, the, the Morningstar sheet on yeah. them. It, it was seven percent was mentioned, but I don't know whether that means they charge a seven percent spread. That sounds no. really high. Yeah, it would be very high. Yeah, because no, I, that's a frictional yeah, cost for, in the yeah. ETF. Because yeah. the only thing the ETF has is the gold. Yes. So, yeah, like, yeah. There's, there's no different to the gold really has. Yeah. I think there's one other thing that Rudy didn't mention, which I'll add, is if you do want to own gold, don't own own paper gold. You know, this is at least backed by real right. gold. Oh, now we're going really to the gold yeah, bucket. Yeah, so if, you, if you're really saying that you're yeah. worried about the future, uh, if it's a, a, some sort of derivative of gold, it could easily go to zero. So the, bullion under the bed, that's what Well, no, this is bullion. It's yeah. backed by, it's all held yeah. by, you know, if, if you but, believe... But you're paying those fees. Yeah, but this is, this yeah. is paper fees. gold, no? Because it's, it doesn't actually give... No, 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 they've got the gold. They have every... Yeah, no, I know they have, but you don't. Yeah, but you, it, you have, have the anything. title for it, though. So oh, it should okay. be... Oh, okay. Well, oh, that's what it, you mean. I'm mean, oh, assuming okay. it's, there, oh, okay. there's nothing shonky going on. No, no, no. No, no I thought that you were, you, no. were, you were going into gold bug there, where you go, like, you only buy gold, like... And then you well, have that's more of an end-of-day no, scenario yes. rather than inflation that's scenario. That's doomsday. doomsday <laughs> yeah. By the way, the best defence for inflation are... Uh, quality stocks that have mm -hmm. reliable earnings growth mm -hmm. that can pass pricing through. Mm -hmm. Way, way better than gold. Yes. Can I tell you a quick story? We've got time for a quick story? Have we got time? Yeah, you've got, okay. you've got one minute. Uh, Buffett did a, um, uh, did a presentation a few years ago on a course I did in uh, May called The Genius of Buffett. It's very modest. He didn't do it. Someone at Bradford University. He said all the gold ever produced in the world will turns into a 19.2 uh, cubic uh, block. 19 by 2 to 19.2. Is that cubic metres or cubed? Yeah. Cubed. And that was worth, if you look at it back in um, uh, 2011, mm. um, it was worth uh, about, uh, I forget what it was worth. Yeah. He, he, if you bought $25 million worth of it, uh, you got about a 9% compound return. So the difference in price from then to now is about 9% compound. Go, well, that's not bad. Yep. He bought C's Candy at that point mm. for $25 million. That's why the $25 million yeah, one. Yeah, okay. C's Candy at a market cap uh, of uh, 10 is about 800, 800 compared to the 800 million. Mm. Gold yeah, yeah, yeah. was not 700, yeah. near enough. So it's about the same. The C's has spit it off, spat off yeah. uh, over 2 billion right. in uh, free cash flow after tax in that same period. So, so that's the, going back to my argument of uh, that's gold. Yeah, so yes, gold's still worth, and it's yeah. one ounce is still one ounce, which yeah, is yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's no comparison. To yeah. a decent income earning business. No, that's true. Right that's right. true. And I would and I would argue what two things people need to remember. One, it gives you so, sort of the same through the cycle, the same return as an, as a, as a equity market in general. Yeah. And you're right. And the other thing um, is that I that's why I treat it as insurance yeah. and not not that's reasonable. Not yep. on par with technology one or CSO. All right. Bottom line then. So what do you do with this? Or are you going direct? Uh, or are you no, 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 no. Not? I'm not. I'm, I'm not putting money into gold. I do have yeah. some gold, but that's insurance, yeah. exactly the same as Rudy, and that's physical yep. for me. Okay. I, I keep it with my gun. Does your fiancé wear it as well? Well, thanks for channeling uh, the Omaha, uh, the uh, the uh, Oracle of Omaha. That's uh, that's good. All right, let's uh, sum it up. Um, we began with uh, AMP for the second half of the show. 
oh, look, a disaster, uh, continuous downward trend, both avoiding it, uh, to quote them. Uh, technology one, completely the opposite, in fact. <laughs> both, in fact, uh, Mark's... Uh, I think what, I introduced this to Rudy years ago. Well, OK, no, you've owned it for 11 good. years. No, uh, best company on the so ASX. Good, no. Goodness, <laughs> talk about a... Uh, a difference uh, of uh, com uh, comparing uh, with AMP there. So both have a hold, in fact, on Tech One at this point. Uh, Air New Zealand and avoid from both. Why would you want to be in an airline, particularly at the moment? Uh, QBE Group, um, a no from Mark um, and Rudy, well, hold. Yeah. No, you said, yeah, okay, yeah. but yeah, all right. And uh, finally there, that gold ETF. Uh, maybe nibbling there from from Rudy, depending on the economic yeah, circumstances. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Essentially, uh, no. Mark's not holding no. gold at this point. You see, it's better opportunity elsewhere. All right. Thanks to our guest, Mark. Thanks for joining us in Team Invest. Oh, it was great. Good fun. And Rudy from FN Arena. Buy gold. Always good value. <laughs> <laughs> Don't start. <laughs> All right, any stocks you'd like us to cover, flick us an email, the call at ausbiz.com.au, or you can tweet us at ausbiztv, and you can find those stocks in the course portfolio at ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Thanks for watching. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.